Good evening, everyone. It is good to be together here on our Christmas Eve service. And I'm glad that you could join us as we celebrate Christ. And this anticipation, we've been doing Advent for quite some time in our church for four weeks, and we're building up to this moment. And it's good to celebrate. We're just going to keep this service very simple. We're not doing anything fancy. We're not handing out candles with gasoline. And we're not even handing out candles. So we'll make it simple, this service for you. We're just going to sing some songs, reflect in the Word, and then sing another song and close. But would you join me in a word of prayer? Father God, our hearts come before You right now, and Christmas season is upon us, and it's Christmas Eve. And I know that as individuals and as families, and just even as a culture, we are very busy, frantic, running around, getting things ready, and with all that's been going on this year, this Christmas is different for many of us. We have to do it in a different way. But tonight we have chosen to gather together to sit with fellow believers and to sit in Your presence. Lord, we cannot escape Your presence. The beauty of it is around us. But Lord, there's something special when we gather together and sing songs about You look in the Word and reflect about the beauty of You, truly it turns the heart to what worship is about. And that's what we want to do tonight. So we thank You for tonight and this brief moment we get together as we celebrate You, Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you stand as we sing our first song? Within church history, many churches do Advent, which means waiting, anticipating. And throughout the Old Testament, as we have as a church for two years, we've been going through the Old Testament, looking at Christ in the Old Testament, and for them, they waited and anticipated the Messiah to come. And for us as a church, we've lit in candles hope, love, peace, and joy. And since I get to light the candles tonight, i got my fancy lighter here. <laughs> fitting for Pastor Cody here. But I want to read a passage, and this is going to be a passage for those of you who like to study and think ahead. This will be our passage for Advent next year, because next year we're going to take most of our time looking at the incarnation and the beauty and the reason why God took on flesh. This is out of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will rest upon his shoulders. And these will be his royal titles. Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. I need to reload some bullets, apparently. Stick with the normal one. There's many things to celebrate about Christmas. Family, food, gifts, time off. But above all, it's Christ. The whole purpose is Christ who God gave to us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. And that's what Christmas 
is all about. Would you stand as we sing one more song? Well, I'm glad that you're able to join us this evening, and I'm glad that you made it through the storm. Probably one of many that we normally get here in Wisconsin in the northern part, which hopefully you love. If not, head to Florida soon. We as a church this past couple weeks, we've been going through the Christmas story at different parts in Scripture, looking at kind of just different aspects of the Christmas story, how people respond to Christmas, how they responded to the birth of Christ, even before He was born or months after He was born. And most of the time, the response was joy, worship, song, jubilee. In fact, that should be the response of all of us when we look at the beauty of the gift God gave us. Worship. Last Sunday, we looked at this part of the story that sometimes isn't told because we get to the birth of Jesus, the manger, the angels, the shepherd, and then we kind of go on with life after New Year's comes and all that. We were in Matthew chapter 2. Let me just read part of this. After this interview, the wise men, the wise men met with Herod. Herod was a wicked, evil man, wanted his own purposes to meet this Messiah that they were looking for, and his purposes wasn't to worship him, but to kill him, slaughter him. After this interview, the wise men went on their way. Once again, the star appeared to them, guiding them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So what I want to do is take a look at this verse right here just for a brief time that we have tonight. The wise men came to worship Him. And as we talked about last Sunday, they had devotion. They didn't give up. They kept seeking Jesus until they found Him. The wise men gave an expression of worship. And what was common for them at this time, because this is a royal scene here, what they did, they would show respect to rulers. In fact, for them to worship was this. They would bow down and sometimes they would put their foreheads on the ground, lay prostrate before someone to show great respect. They bowed down with their foreheads touching the ground. In Matthew's mind, now Matthew's writing not just for us, but he's writing to a Jewish audience. In fact, in Matthew chapter 2, the first part, the wise men write it where they appear in verse 2 and they say, hey, we want to find this Jesus so we can worship Him. Here again, this word worship shows up here. In Matthew's mind, this is the basic concept of worship. Worshiping the Messianic King. And how peculiar for outsiders, not of the Jewish faith, astrologers to come and worship. So the first thing they do is they bow down and worship Him. Then, if you notice, they give gifts. They went. I like how this says, they went to their treasure chest. 
Now for most of us, let's say you have a job, you're an employee, and let's say it's time to give gifts, and you know you say, okay, what's the limit? And you kind of like, okay, it's time to give gifts to your buddies, and you think, okay, 15 bucks, 20 bucks, here you go, here's a gift card, something like that. You find something cool. Rarely would you go to your treasure chest. The most valuable of all things that's what the wise men do. They go to their treasure. They just don't go in their pocket and go, oh, here's a couple bucks. They go to what's most valuable to them. A treasure chest. A box containing great valuable things. Now in keeping to have honor to a ruler, they lavish the nature of their gifts because this, again, is a royal scene. This isn't like at the ER someone just had a baby. This isn't kind of like what we picture the manger scene. It's all dirty, all the animals and all this stuff. You know, this is also a royal scene. Not just the king is being born, but the king of kings. All that the Old Testament has been pointing to now has happened. And of course... The wise men aren't just three, probably a dozen of them, and they arrive after the manger scene, probably six months after or so. They went to the treasure chest. At times throughout the centuries of Christianity, it's interesting, I did some research on this, all kinds of imaginative and metaphorical meanings to all the types of gifts. Especially during the Middle Ages, it's interesting how a lot of monks try to say, well, gold meant this, and frankincense and myrrh meant all these different things, but I think that's unlikely. I like how the NIV Study Bible says this, gifts fit for a king, but necessarily not having additional symbolism. Well, what did they give? First, they are types of expensive gifts that you would give to a great king. Gold. It's highly prized today. In fact, when I got engaged, and on my wedding day, and it was time to put the ring on Amber's finger, I didn't grab a piece of Play-Doh and go do-do-do-do-do and put it on her finger. No. In fact, the price for her ring and the wedding band was so expensive, I've still hidden that receipt, and I've got some kind of like insurance thing on it. She can never see that. It was so valuable to me. I didn't have much money. I was in seminary. I sold all my fishing poles just to get that ring. That's just how valuable it is to me. I love fishing. This is fit for a king. It's gold. It's not just Play-Doh. Value. Out of their treasure chest, they pull out gold. Frankincense and myrrh. These are like gums and pitch from a tree. Kind of like what we have in Wisconsin, pine trees. How many ever get sap on their hands, right? Okay, most of us. We know what that's like. This is fancy stuff. Perfumes for ceremonies. This came from trees from Arabia. The fragrant spices. The best perfumes. At times they were used for burning incense on the altar. At times they were used when someone passed away, they would use to prepare the bodies for burial. So gold and very expensive perfumes were given to this child. And it's very possible that they use these gifts because shortly after, the next couple verses, an angel and the Lord lets, the, lets Joseph know, guess what? You need to get out of there. Herod wants to kill baby Jesus. So get out of there. Go to Egypt. They're like, we can't go to Egypt. I don't have a quick trip card. You know, it's going to cost me money. 
Now they've got gifts that they can use to travel a long way and come back. So first of all, the gifts that they gave were expensive, valuable to them, out of their treasure chest. Secondly, they reflect the significance found in the Old Testament where non-Jewish people would bring wealthy and gifts, wealth and gifts, to this future messianic king. This messianic king with the gifts are found in passages like this. Psalm 72, verses 10-11 through and verse 15. All kings fall down and worship and give gifts of gold to the king. So even in Psalm 72, a messianic passage, they're talking about someday leaders will give. Isaiah 60, verse 3-6. through six. To you the riches of the nations will come, bearing gold, incense, and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. So I love out of verse 11, chapter 2 of Matthew, we have this story of these foreigners, non-Jewish people, coming to worship. Yeah, Matthew uses the, the term worship, the bowing down, but also they give gifts. So what should we give? What should we give? Well, we should give like the wise men. Here it is. Out of our treasure chest. Out of our treasure chest. So two things here to think about. First, we must give to God our life. Give to God our lives. Let me just throw a little biblical humor in here. Take a look at this picture here. Here is a picture of some animals. Okay, there might be a quiz for this afterwards. Animals gave to Christ. Maybe you can kind of parallel to this to some of the biblical stories in the Gospels. Camels bore Him gifts, right? They carried the gifts. I will carry Him the donkey. Remember that part? Okay, you're thinking about that. The passion, right? You know, Palm Sunday. Okay, the fish. I will pay Him taxes. Anybody remember that story? Look it up. It's a great one. Okay, I will quench His thirst. I will bless him at his baptism. There's a dove. I will feed him. There's you know a chicken, probably some eggs. I will warm him. You got clothing there. Oh, what about the pig? Well, what's that going to do? I will let him fill me with demons, then jump off a cliff. Wait, what? Okay, a little biblical humor there. Maybe you know some of the stories. Or here's another one. Here's the wise men. Now, because anybody here have their birthday on Christmas Day? There's a few. Of this great. Okay, awesome. Maybe you get this, uh, just to be clear, these are for your birthday and for Christmas, right? Okay? All right. To God, we must give our lives. Here it is. To worship something or someone is to give them worth, value. You love it. That which you treasure at home, you don't just lay out in the snow. You treasure it. You take care of it. You give it worth. In fact, one way to explain worship is worship. You give it worth, value. So when we worship God, we give Him the right recognition that He above all is the greatest thing. In Scripture, we see that worship is submission and service to God. Submit to Him. Submit to His will. And do what He's called you to do. Do His work. Submit and service. 
It is about your whole life. This is something that we, us four pastors, are big on. Coming to Jesus isn't like, oh, okay, He's my Savior. He must be Savior and Lord. He rules over your whole life. To God, we must give our lives. It's about reverence. When the wise men found Jesus, they worshipped Him. And it's interesting, their lives changed after that. In fact, God spoke to them saying, go a different way because Herod has a plan. So they obeyed the Lord. Their lives changed. Obedience is very important. So what should we give, number one, to God? Our lives. And lastly, to others. Here it is. What do you give others? Give generously. Give generously. Yes, give gifts. What is your treasure? Give of it. Give generously. Do you realize how wealthy we are? How many of you here walked to church today? They didn't think so. How many well, you know, had to get a taxi or a bus? Maybe someone did. How many drove your own vehicle or came in a vehicle that was your family's, right? How many of you have more than one vehicle? That you have a vehicle. We are so wealthy and privileged. I tell you what, it's sad how we like to keep our hands in our pockets and not give generously. Don't just give. Give generously. Here's my line I use often. God has blessed me so I can what? Bless others. I encourage you. Look at what you have. God didn't give that just for you. He gave that so you can bless others all around you. God blesses us so we can bless others. Give generously. Give gifts. Secondly, that doesn't mean you have to do give physical things. I saw this online. I usually don't copy and paste and put things up here, but here's another example of a Christmas list here. Instead of just giving presents, be present with someone. Now more than ever, we need to be with people. How many of you joined us this past Sunday afternoon as we went Christmas caroling to the nursing homes? I'll tell you what, that was one of the most powerful moments we had as a church. To see people who have nothing, can't meet with anyone. One of the nursing homes, they had even little signs. Do not open these windows. Because families, we saw families at their windows talking to grandma and grandpa. Tell you what, when we started singing, they cracked their windows open. So they could just hear the music. I saw tears. I saw some windows that just had a flower in there. No lights on. Because in that room, this past month, someone passed away. Be with people. I know it's hard. Like we can't go see grandma because grandpa's going to be down. You know, it's just it's confusing and this is a hard time. So we're going to try to find different ways to do that. Be present with people. Wrap someone in a hug. Appropriate physical touch is so meaningful. We need each other to be with each other. Send peace. Donate food. How many of you want shop? I want shopping for food because I love food. I'm all excited for tonight, tomorrow. I just love it. But I tell you what, give. 
give generously. In fact, someone a couple months ago gave through you know just a connection I have. They said here here's 125 pounds of venison. So Andre and I saw you. Andre, where are you? There you are. One night we just ground all it up so we can give it away. If you know anyone that needs some ground venison, let me know. Give generously and be the light. Again, how are we supposed to respond to Christmas? What is the right way to respond to Jesus? Receive the gift, but there's also responsibility. Go tell it on the mountain, right? To others, we must give generously. Yes, give gifts. Give to people's needs. Not just physical things. We can do these kind of things. And lastly, here it is. Express your love to others. Even in our church body, it is not bad to look at someone and say, hey, John Peterson, I love you. You're not just the mascot for us for missions and whenever a missionary comes. I love sitting here, John, on Sundays, and I hear your voice worshiping the Lord. I love you, John. Let people know tonight, before you leave, that you love them. Look in the eye and just go, I love you, and go on. Let them know why you love them. We need to hear that more and more. And tonight, get on the phone. I was going to do this. Get on the phone. Do, do, do. That's true. I'm from the 80s. Get on the phone. Do, do, do. Okay. And call someone and say, hey, just so you know, I may not be able to see you this Christmas, but I love you. Express your love to others. That's what God did. God loves us so much that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent His Son out in the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. That's the Christmas story. It's all about love. God loved us. Let us now love others. Let's pray. Lord, help us be devoted, as the wise men were, to get to the point where they finally see Jesus. Every day, things come in my life and sometimes I'm not devoted to You and I get busy with life. But every day, may I be devoted to still see Jesus as I read Scripture, as I sing songs, as I see the beauty around me. Jesus is real. Lord, may we dig from our treasure chest and give. Give all that we are to You, Lord, and all we have available when You call us to give to others. You are so good. And we thank You for this season of Christmas where Jesus, You are the centerpiece of all things. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? We chose this time to have our service at this time because the sun would be setting by the time you get out there. It's going to be getting dark anticipation of the beauty of Christ and His birthday tomorrow. And fit us for heaven. The only way that we can see Him face to face someday, someday is that we would be clothed with the righteousness of
of Christ who came fully God, fully man, lived a life of obedience all the way to the cross and died for those who are His. The beauty of His righteousness compared to my stinky, filthy righteousness. He is the greatest gift. Amen? I encourage you before you leave this building or on your way out, let people know, look them in the eye and say, you know what? I love you. And this is why. Give God your whole life and give generously to others. Thanks for worshiping with us. God bless you. And Merry Christmas. Have a great night.